0: Hello and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life mixed with levity and joy. (laughs) Welcome to episode 35, Heather. Thank you. We are winding down the year. We've already hit November. Before you know it, it'll be Christmas and it's crazy. It's been a crazy year. But I thought it would be good for us to share with the audience, since we don't typically tell them anymore what our upcoming episodes are. But we actually have a plan. We actually have a plan. Instead of flying by the seat of our pants, (laughs) we actually have a plan. So after today's episode, we'll have one more in November, and that episode will be Heather interviewing me. And what are you going to interview me about, Heather? Your book. My book, Dancing in the Valley. Finding Life and Joy Amidst the Shadow of Death Nipping at My Heels. Which you can now pre-order on Amazon. You can, y'all. This is kind of a big deal because as we are recording this episode, I discovered via a friend, Lynn Grayson, in case she's listening, that my book was available for pre-order on Amazon. Now let me explain a little bit about how publishing works. I self-published actually a hybrid I did a hybrid publishing with punchline publishers which let me just tell you all they're the best in the business and we were always under the impression that you couldn't really pre-order through Amazon as a self-published author but some things have changed recently um, in their platform where you're able to schedule your publication date so if you want to say which mine is December 1st You could put everything in there, and then boom, it would just go December 1st, Mm -hmm. which was a new thing. Before, you would have to get up on December 1st and hit a button and Mm -hmm. make it go on sale. So we got that figured out, but we had no idea, no idea that you could, once you did that, that they would put you up for pre-order once it was approved. And sure enough, I'm up for pre-order now. So feel free to pre-order that puppy, and you will have it in (laughs) your hands on December 1st. So Heather's going to interview me, the fir- the second episode here in November.
1: And I'll pretend like I don't know anything. She's going to pretend like she doesn't <laughs> know <kidding>. me.
0: <laughs> but really, we're going to talk more about, you know, my motivation behind the book, what the book's about, that sort of thing. The first episode in December will be me reading three chapter, the first three chapters of the book to give you just a little taste of the book. And mm-hmm. since you are faithful podcast list- listeners, you get to... Here the first three chapters, which hopefully will make you want to buy the book and read the rest. Mm -hmm. So that'll be the first episode in December, and then our last episode of the year, we are going to do a Movies You Missed, which really is probably not a movie that you've missed. Probably not. We, but we're going to review it because... It's Christmas. It's Christmas, and we're going to be reviewing the movie White Christmas. I'm dreaming (laughs) of a white Christmas. It feels like Christmas outside. It feels. It's so cold here today. So we're going to review that movie, which isn't the first movie that appeared, the song White Christmas. But that's... We'll talk about that later. (laughs) So that takes you all the way through the end of the year as our episode topics. And in 2024... Can you believe it's going to be 2024? Mm -mm. In 2024... We have lots of cool things that we're ruminating on about what yeah. we might do for the new year. So, stay tuned. It's going to be a good, good year. So, be sure you're subscribed. So, our episode today kind of relates to my book a little bit. We're going to talk about passion. And, well, not, and not any kind of passion. Well, right. It's uh, not going to be the passion of romantical proportions. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about things that you...
1: Enjoy doing things that you feel strongly about, things that you love doing, um, causes you're very passionate about. We're talking about that because in life, we've got a lot of things going on. We have lots of commitments. We fill various roles. Some people are married with families. We all, you know, a lot of us have jobs that we are, um, are responsible for. We have to go in every day or get on the computer every day and fulfill a quota or meet deadlines. There's things that we have to do. We have causes we volunteer for. We have responsibilities at church. There all kinds of things that we have to, we have to do quote unquote. But we also have things that we like to do for fun or things that we find interesting. Maybe, and maybe the things that we find interesting or things that we're passionate about are things that we do professionally or things that we do um, at church, things that we do for the body of Christ, which I hope that we are passionate mm-hmm. about those things but a lot of times it's hard to make time for those things that we enjoy doing that maybe aren't responsibilities and how do we balance that with the rest of our life commitments. And so some questions we have are, when is it good to have something that you're just passionate about that you love to do that maybe is kind of extracurricular? So when is that a good thing or it could ever be sinful And when is it helpful? When is it a good, you know, or how does it benefit your life to have something like that in your life so you can make time for that? So our one single thought today is get a hobby. Get a hobby. Get a hobby, Rose. Get a hobby. I think you're already doing your, your hobby, sort of. Sort of, yes. But let's start, Rose, by talking about what passions are. And again, we're not talking about romantic passions. So what are we actually talking about?
0: So if we look up a definition of passion, it's, it's in the basic form, it's a strong emotion towards a person or thing. So we're not talking about the kind of passion that you have in a romantic way. Um, this is a passion that you have toward a thing. So when you talk about the definition, is it towards a person or a thing? This is towards, towards a thing. I would define it as something that you would do even if you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Or something that, that you do that you're not compensated to do. So, for example, recently I went to have a meeting with a vocational rehab counselor. Mm-hmm. And the motivation between behind that meeting was to help get approved for, for, for vocational rehab services. And what that does is would allow me to get a, a minivan and have it customized so that I can drive it since mm-hmm. I'm a right leg amputee. I don't have a way to transport my power chair. This would mm-hmm. allow me to do that. Well, part of the qualification is you have to be, you know, you have to have a job. So she asked me what I did. Well, for one thing, I work at my church. I go in one day a week. I help our communications pastor, I co lead the women's ministry, and I do a whole lot of odds and ends mm-hmm. for our communications and discipleship pastor. And she said, okay, what do you get paid for? What, what do you, What's your pay? So well, I don't get paid. Mm -hmm. Then I said, I also am writing a book. It'll be published December 1st. And she goes, what do you get paid for that? Well, I don't get paid for it. it. I said, I'll get paid for it after it publishes. Mm -hmm. Then I said, I'd also do a podcast. She's like, well, what do you get paid for that? I don't really get paid for that either. (laughs) So what
1: do you get paid for? So I get paid
0: for my freelance uh, work, which was good. So when I think about what are things I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about serving the Lord through my local church. passionate about writing. I'm passionate about this podcast. I love it. So oftentimes things that you are passionate for are not things that you'll ever get compensated to do or things that you really don't have to do but you want to do them. So Heather what would be a passion of yours?
1: Well no surprise because I've talked about it before but Honor Flight is from a service standpoint that's something I'm very passionate about. I volunteer. I'm on the, the board with Honor Flight Bluegrass. And I love to serve senior adults. So I, I love and I love veterans. And so that's just the perfect thing for me to get involved in. I mean, and like you, I like to write. I like to create things, videos, all kinds of things like that. There's all kinds of things that I really enjoy doing.
0: I wouldn't say I'm passionate about cats, but I do love my cats. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you say, Heather, like, you use a lot of those passions you mentioned. I mean, Mm -hmm. aside from Ricky, of course. Mm -hmm. With Honor Flight, like, videos and writing and that kind of thing as well.
1: Yeah, I have, I've been able to. Yeah, Mm. so. And I kind of mentioned it, but what's your passion, Rose?
0: I would say my passion is writing. And, obviously, writing this book has been something I've dreamed of for almost 20 years. I think when I started having this passion I was in high school I was on the newspaper staff and I'll never forget the first assignment I had it was actually the summer before the year started that I was on it and I was a news reporter and I had to get a story and I was able to snag an in-person interview with the new superintendent of our county
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and that was a pretty big deal in fact Mm -hmm. it was front page on the paper but it was funny because a, a neighboring school the next month on their newspapers, they also did an interview, mm-hmm. but I felt like they copied us. But <laughs> So it started way back then, and obviously I have a book that's going to be published in a month, basically, a little less than a month when this mm-hmm. podcast is live. And where do I hope it goes? I, I definitely hope that it it leads to more books. I have a couple of book ideas already another nonfiction book and then also a children's book so you know when and and I will say after going through this writing process if it wasn't my passion I wouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. you know everybody I think a lot of people say oh I'd love to write a book but actually making it happen Mm -hmm. is a whole lot of work yeah that's another way I think we can define our passion is if it's something that's very hard to do but we still want to do it yeah then i think that that equates a passion so we talked about you know we all have responsibilities and we all have jobs or some sort of responsibility or commitment in our lives that we have to do but in regards to having a job heather does your job have to be your passion i would say no
1: and a lot of times for a lot of people majority of people it isn't a lot of people find themselves in careers that wouldn't necessarily say they're passionate about and I would say there are people that are blessed to be in jobs that they love and that they're passionate about but I don't know if that would be the case for everyone definitely and I think that's okay so if you're if you're at a job that you you're not excited about maybe it's a transition job or maybe there's you have plans down the road for things you want to do with your life that maybe you're not where you want to be or maybe you're just in a, a place where your manager is horrible and your co-workers are uncooperative and the job is menial it's hard to be passionate about it but I think that's when from that perspective that you're you're doing your best if you're a Christian to honor the Lord and what you're doing but then for anybody just doing your best at what you do just because that reflects good on your your work ethic and how you present yourself and opens you up to other opportunities down the road. But I think that's also why it's important to have things outside of work that you are passionate about, that you can give your time to if you can make the time so that you're not totally consumed with your job and that that's the only thing you have going for you. And especially as Christians, it's so important for us to be connected to the body of Christ and to allow the Holy Spirit to grow in us, that communion with him and fellowship with other people and so we can get excited about being in in a part of the body of christ and and making that the passion that we can we can have if it's not coming
0: through work especially you know i worked with somebody one time she was not from here and she would come into work she worked 9 a.m to 9 p.m just every day and she didn't have Mm. to i mean our hours were not 12 hour shifts and she really made her job like her whole life there was Mm. Nothing else that she really... She, all of her friends here were, were co-workers. She didn't have... other only outside activities she did were with co-workers. And one day, they ended up closing her office. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we all went down to the meeting to hear the news. And we... This was, you know, probably four or five months before it was going to all happen. I remember coming back up the elevator with a group of people. And she was one of them. And she was just sobbing. Mm-hmm. Because she had lost... Her job and her job was her passion and the only thing in her life. Yeah. And so it might be good even if you do love your job, having a hobby, having a passion outside of work is important. And most especially if you're a believer, pouring into the body of Christ should be your number one. And that's too, just to piggyback
1: off that, that's why it's important to have career development in your life. You never know what's going to happen down the road, so you have to be ready and taking those things as it comes, as okay, it's, not, it's now it's time for a new adventure. It's time to go start out on something new. And especially if it's something you're not passionate about right now, maybe it'll lead into something you're passionate about down the road. So mm-hmm. yeah. So Rose, why are passions good to have? What's good about
0: having things we're passionate about? Passions are good because they they give us something to pursue that'll provide a diversion from the everyday rat race. So if every day you co- you get up, you go to work, you come home, you make your dinner, you go to bed, you scroll through TikTok, go to sleep, get up the next morning mm-hmm. and start all over again, that's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. So passions are really good because they help you get your mind off of the things in your life that you have to do. Maybe you don't work outside the home. Maybe you're a mom who stays at home. And, you know, you get up in the morning, you get the kids ready for school, and you pack their lunches, you take them to school, you pick them up and carpool at the end of the day. During the day, you're doing laundry and Mm -hmm. cleaning the house, and it just gets to be just very mundane. And we've, we've talked about that life of mundane. Well, if you have a passion or a hobby, it allows you to have a diversion away from that everyday mundane. Plus, it really allows you to meet people outside of your bubble. So how do you meet people if you're just doing the same thing over and over, you're seeing the same people over and over? So whether that means outside your bubble at work or whether that means maybe even outside your bubble at church. So for example, as a believer, let's say that you go volunteer for a local nonprofit, such as Honor Flight or another, mm-hmm. another nonprofit, when you volunteer for that, you're, you're you're actually serving in a way to where you get to know other people, maybe even working as a team and probably be around people that aren't all believers. And that really gives you an opportunity to be a light in their life and help them to see Christ through you. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helps you to see the everyday man what people struggle with and you get to, you can have a ministry through that work that you do. as as you follow your passion, whatever that might be. Even if you love to read and you join Mm -hmm. a book club. I used to belong to a book club and I loved it. And there were all sorts of different types of people there. And you were able to minister to those people. In fact, one of the older ladies that was in my book club. So funny story, I joined a book club thinking I might meet a a guy (laughs) who would enjoy reading. Well, it was all full of women. Old ladies. And some old ladies. So Mm -hmm. one of the ladies that stuck with the book club to the very end till we disbanded when I got sick. Um, She's in her 80s and I heard from her today. She had Mm -hmm. sent me a message to ask me to pray for her son who is having some health issues and we still keep in touch periodically and she's not doing well health-wise but it was a way to connect with with other people that you would never connect with if you didn't have that passion and Reading used to be a big hobby of mine, mm-hmm. but since I got sick, I've kind of slowed down on reading. I, I read mainly for church work, and, you know, I don't read a whole lot since I've been writing, but I do try to, I'm going to try to get back into it. But they can be very good for your overall emotional and mental health, and sometimes we get stuck in our own little world, and we don't see the outside world for who, who it mm-hmm. is, and I think that's also helpful. So Heather, winter passion is not good, and I would say sinful. Mm, and when can simple. they be sinful? Absolutely.
1: Because things that we're passionate about, things that we love to do, most likely in in and of themselves are not bad. So a hobby that you enjoy, maybe you like to play disc golf. I'm just gonna pick something <laughs> random. Um, pickleball. That's t- pickleball. Maybe that's something you love to do. On the weekends, maybe you like to go out with a group of friends a few times a week or once a week or something like that. Maybe your kids are involved in sports. Maybe you are in a book club. Uh-huh. There's all kinds of things that we can do. But the problem the problem comes when those fun things, those hobbies, those activities, those relationships, those kinds of things that we're passionate about are pulling us away too much from the things that we are responsible for the things that we are committed to doing maybe if it's our our job or our families or even i would say most importantly our church if it's pulling us away from those things where we don't have time to commit to it because we're too busy doing this other thing on the side um, that would be venturing into sinful territory because we're placing our priorities in the wrong order An example of that would be if you are a Christian and you decide that you would prefer to go to the lake every weekend. Now, I've been on vacation where I was gone on a Sunday. I'm not saying that, but there's some people who will intentionally go somewhere on the weekends so they don't have to be in church or maybe they're just, they got out of the habit and so now it's just too easy to go do something else or to make the excuse that you're... Worshiping God by yourself out on the beach or up on a mountain or something like that. And that's not biblical. That's not what we are commanded to do in scripture. Um, Another example is having your kids so involved in sports that they have no breathing room for one, but then they are not also able to connect to other kids at church, to be involved in church, to hear God's word taught to them, to understand why it's important to be there. Um, There's there's lots of things that can pull us away. And your job, too. I mean, if you are a workaholic and it's pulling you away from your family because you're working 24-7. Because you rationalize it saying, I'm putting food on the table for my family, but they just want you to be home and be available. Then that's when something you're passionate about is venturing into sinful territory there's all kinds of things that can take that and we are all of us are guilty of it at some level or at some point in our lives we've all done it Mm -hmm. Um, and so i'm not passing judgment on anyone but i'm just saying those are things that we have to be careful about because in and of themselves they're not bad there are some i will say there are some things that are bad maybe you're going out and getting drunk every weekend (laughs) that's probably not the thing i'm passionate about getting drunk that's Mm -hmm. not the thing need to be doing it's not wise some things we could be passionate about could definitely be be sinful um, and that's not really what i'm talking about but we have to be careful of that too that we are not engaging activities and making excuses for those things and giving into those sinful desires and acting on those but then not letting the things that are in a, inherently good or inherently neutral mm-hmm. to overtake The other things that we've committed to, especially in our relationship with the Lord, our ultimate passion should be Jesus should be, should be the Lord and should be serving the body of Christ. And I'll read Romans 12, Romans 12, verse 11. It says, do not lack diligence and zeal, be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord. As Christians, those are the things that we are called to do to be passionate about the Lord, to serve each other, um, to serve the Lord. By doing that, we are serving the church as
0: well and
1: serving other Christians.
0: So Heather, you're saying there are a lot of things that are not bad things, but they can lead to be bad things. So for example, Mm -hmm. it's not bad to own a boat and go to the lake periodically, but not if it takes you away from church every weekend. Right.
1: Right. So Rose, we talked a little bit about the reasoning behind pursuing your passions. When is it good? When is it bad? What does that actually mean? But A lot of us are really busy, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to make time for any kind of leisure or any kind of extracurricular activity. How do we make time for that? Do you have any suggestions?
0: I would say that I'll talk a little bit about my own personal experience between reading and Mm -hmm. writing. With reading, I had been in college getting my master's. Well, actually, I'd been in college getting my bachelor's. Later, I got my master's, but I wanted to get back into reading. I had been a big reader as a child, so I found this book club, which meant you read a book once a month, but I hadn't really made it. I had not, I didn't carve out time for that, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't reading, so how do I make time for that? So I would usually block off time in the evening and usually time in the morning. Mm -hmm. So after my time with the Lord in the morning, I would try to read for about 20 minutes And then if I didn't have too late of a night at night, I would read for another 20 or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how much, how many books you can read if you just read 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, start that way. Like whatever you're interested in doing, carve out a small amount of time and then use that time. Maybe it's, Whatever your hobby is, if you're, let's say you're a mom, you know, you you might have to do it while the kids are at school Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or when they're down at naps or after they go to bed at night. But just try to find 20 minutes to get started. When it came to writing, that was a whole other animal because I had to get real focused in order to chunk out a lot of writing. But the same process prevailed and with that, a lot of times what I would do is I would set aside an hour or two, at least two or three days a week to spend mm-hmm. on writing. And one of the things I had to learn how to do was to just block everything, turn everything on silent, but also if you're an Apple user, turn on that, do not disturb. Yeah. So it doesn't, I use a MacBook, so everything pops up on my Mac and pops up on my phone and my Apple watch, and I'm just getting pinged everywhere. And that's real distracting when you're trying to write or do something like that. So I would just, you know, turn everything on to do not disturb so that I could focus for an hour or two. But I think st- even that, if you start out, you know, a small amount of time, then you can work up to putting more time in your schedule for it. Yeah. Because anything you do that you have to make time for, for example, when I joined the book club, I knew it was one night a month I was going to have to give to attend the meeting and then I was going to have to read the book throughout the month. hmm And that was a big goal because I hadn't been reading that much before. And now I was having to not only read a book, but then set aside a weeknight, which was a little more difficult because I was pretty busy. But that's how I would recommend is what do you enjoy? What would you like to learn to do? It could be any kind of craft. Michael's and others, they're all over the country. Joanne Fabrics, all those kind of craft stores have craft classes. They have classes Mm -hmm. to teach you how to crochet or whatever. So once you do it, then you start, take it home, work on it a little bit every day. And I think that can apply to just about any hobby that you're looking at or any passion you want to pursue. But for you, Heather, like your service through Honor Flight is a little different. So how did you learn to make time and and how did you discover that you that was your passion and you wanted to be involved.
1: Yeah. I I think one key to finding things that you're passionate about, if you're not really sure in terms of like outside activities and stuff is what is something that already lights your fire in a sense. So for me, I've always been pretty patriotic and I, you know, I've always, I always get moved on Memorial day. Um, The PBS Memorial day concert. I always weep when that comes on. I did for years. There's things that, always really struck me about our armed forces and the the sacrifices and commitment they made and so I also have a heart for the elderly you know I really seem to connect with them pretty well and if it's because I'm an old person (laughs) in my head or what it is but when um, I first heard about honor flight I just thought it was a really cool thing Um, I heard about it in the news or something and then when I realized that we had a chapter here Uh that's how you know, I went to one of the welcome home events and I was hooked just to see the being able to thank a veteran, an elderly veteran, a World War Two veteran who are they're passing away at alarming rates. But that really struck a chord with me and I had some skills that I could offer them in a volunteer sense, so I was able to get involved really quickly and it's something I love to do and it's just it kind of just, I mean, I think the Lord led me in that direction, but it's something that I kind of fell into in a sense. And I think a lot of times with hobbies or passions or something, look at look for things you're already kind of interested in. What is something that uh, when you read about it, you get really excited or really interested in? I've heard it say, if there's something you like to do that when you're doing it, you forget time goes by and you forget how mm-hmm. long it's been. I a good point. Um, or things that you did when you were a child that you always loved doing. Maybe you can't do backflips anymore if you like to do backflips <laughs> as a kid. You can join a gymnastics <laughs> club. <laughs> yes. I mean, not everybody's got the ability to do things they did as a kid. But if there's things that you still love from your childhood that maybe, just, maybe you loved animals or maybe you liked woodworking or something like that and you put it away. Maybe you like to draw and you put it away for a long time. Um, there's things that you can go back to and dabble in them even and see if it's something you're still interested in and then just see where it goes. I played clarinet in uh, middle school, high school and college. And um, I haven't played in a long time, but it's something I still really love. And whenever I get a chance to play, I love it. It's very soothing to me to be able to play when I get to. And so um, I think those those are things that to look for when you When you're trying to expand your horizons past the things you're obligated to do. And it's good for for you to have hobbies Mm -hmm. and to have outside interests. Because that, I mean, it's stress relief. It's expanding your skills and helping you meet people, hopefully. Unless you're crocheting in front of the TV. Right. One of my old roommates, Jessica, who listens to this podcast, actually. She and I used to knit um, on... Cold nights when we were uh, in our the house we rented, so we had watched PBS and knit. She taught me how to knit, and so that's that, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> so you can you can
0: have a social activity with people. You know mm-hmm. what's interesting? You say that about knitting. When I first started looking for a book club, mm-hmm. I doubt this is still going on because so many actual brick and mortar stores are not thriving in this economy right now. But Barnes and Noble, of course, that's where I had the book club. I went to. But one of the Barnes & Nobles actually had a knitting class. Oh, yeah. Or a crocheting class. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a class. It was a crocheting club. So you could crochet and knit, bring your stuff, and just sit and, and socialize mm-hmm. with people you didn't know but share that, that same passion. And at our church, we have a craft night for women the first and third Tuesday nights, naobc.org. You can check yeah. us out. But we do that, and we have a large group of people, a number of women, like probably, I say large, there's probably anywhere from 8 to 10 that come on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And we do. We all have bring different crafts, and we socialize. And mm-hmm. we all have a passion for crafting. And so we now have other s- sisters in the church that share our same yeah. passion. Yeah, so if you have a
1: hobby that's more of a solitary activity, you can find other people that will do it with you and Yep. Yeah, I think definitely. There's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong with having diversions and it's good for you and God created us to enjoy life and I think it's just finding that balance between Enjoyment of life but then also fulfilling our commitments things that we were obligated to do and that we sh- we should be committed to do we do have duties that we have to carry through and it's just remembering to keep that in balance and we'll be we'll be good but Rose some people may not have time for a hobby or for any kind of break maybe they are working all the time just because they don't have any money or Maybe they're raising three little kids and they're exhausted or they barely have time for their spouse or maybe they're just really stressed out right now and they don't have time to do anything fun or have any kind of hobby or any kind of passion to go after. What do you, what would you say? What kind of advice would you give to them?
0: I would say dream big sisters and brothers, (laughs) dream big. I think when you're in a season where you can't act on a hobby. And you may have no energy to think about how to creatively do anything other than what you're doing. Or you don't have the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you're, you're just spent. But I have to believe in most everybody and every soul. There is something in there that would love to do something that's yeah. a passion or a hobby. So I would recommend start making a dream list of what it is that you want to do. So that mm-hmm. when your season of life changes, and oh, it will you will have a resource to go to. And let me tell you, I can say this from a firsthand experience. When I was laying in the rehab bed for months after months and stuck away, I couldn't do anything except Mm. survive and go to do rehab, do exercises and all that. And especially when I was bedridden, It it was just very Mm demotivating and what I did is I started to watch lots of cooking channels now i would never been a big cook I like to bake sometimes and I did cooking sometimes but I'm a single girl we've already talked about this on the podcast single girls we have a hard time cooking and baking because we don't cook for anybody but us Mm -hmm. typically but I started watching these channels and had all these big dreams of wanting to cook and bake again Mm. I'm still not really able to do a whole lot. Heather sees me rolling around the kitchen doing what I do, and I do yeah. it. But I have been able to do some things, and it's been very rewarding. And I don't know if the day will come. I mean, as I get stronger and able to do more things, and as I have the time and the ability, then I will probably try some of the recipes and things that I watched being made. But during that time, I thought about a lot of things. I thought about, I wanted to crochet. In fact, I started crocheting. When I was mm-hmm. in rehab, Heather was kind enough to go pick up an order for me at Joanne Fabrics <laughs> and drop it off to security during COVID to bring so they could bring it up to me so I could actually crochet while I was in rehab. And I hadn't crocheted in a long, long time, and I, I was just going to town. That's the time when you have busy seasons. Even if you don't have the financial mm-hmm. ability, you don't have the time whatever reason that you can't go ahead and make that list when the time comes if i had the opportunity what would i pursue Mm -hmm. and make a list to do that and then when that time comes there'll be things that you'll have you'll be able to shoot for and i think that gives you hope and i I truly believe everybody has a passion in their heart to do Mm -hmm. something outside of the mundane and the commitments that you currently have to do
1: another thing that could help too is if, if you like to listen like people are listening to the podcast that they like to listen to things but another thing you can do is check out audiobooks on things you're interested in yes the libraries like our i know our public library has audiobooks you can check out and have for free for a little bit but if there's a topic you're interested in maybe you can't engage in it so maybe you want to learn about rock climbing <laughs> you can check out a book on it and yeah listen listen to it and mm-hmm. at least get your imagination going and help you add to that list of future possibilities maybe it's travel maybe it's painting i don't know all those kind of things keeping that yeah.
0: imagination going is so important for your mental and emotional mm-hmm. health especially if you're in a season where you're not being able to do that mm-hmm. For me, like, I felt like the channel, people who ran the YouTube channels that I watched were, like, my friends. I couldn't wait for the next video to come out. And, yeah. And I, I probably learned how to make biscuits about six different ways. <laughs> <laughs> With no biscuits With to no make. With no biscuits to make. But I think we all need to have that imagination stirred, especially when you're in a season where it just feels like you're defeated in that. All right. Well, that's...
1: We have to say on that topic, so we will just close out this segment with our one single thought once again, which is get a hobby.
0: Get a hobby. What is our one random thought? So today's one singing thought is... Someone's in the kitchen with Donna. Someone's in the (laughs) kitchen I know. Ho, ho, ho. So, the most popular hobby in the United States as of June of this year, 2023, is cooking and baking. Really? What I just talked about. Yes. I was shocked at that statistic because I'm blown away that that's the most popular hobby in the United States right now because I feel mm. like most people don't cook or bake. Maybe it's the leftover from the pandemic. Everybody's I bet making it is. bread. I bet you're right. I bet yeah. you're right because there are a lot of people that still like to make bread. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: there are a lot of YouTube channels that teach how you, that, or show you how to cook and bake easy, do crockpot meals. I, I, I watch a, a bazillion of them. But yeah, that's that's the number one hobby, the most popular hobby in the U.S. Ricky's hobby is making biscuits. Is it? Yes. He's good at making... I've seen a video of him making biscuits. He's good at making biscuits. (laughs) Kitty biscuits. He makes his own kitty biscuits. That means he's happy, right? Yes.
1: It means he's very content and relaxed. If you have no... If you don't have any experience with cats, you have no idea what I'm talking about, just Google cat making biscuits and you will see very sweet... I'm sure you'll see many sweet videos of cats kneading, doing the kneading thing with their paws on a blanket or something and it's like a... Kitten, a memory from their kittenhood of kneading on mama's on her underside to get the milk to flow. So I that's didn't know what, that. Yes, it's a leftover kitten behavior.
0: That's so cool. And so a
1: lot of cats do that to soothe themselves, or they do that when they're sleepy, and it helps them to relax.
0: Aww. And
1: a lot of times they'll do it around their owners, or if they do it on you, that means they're really comfortable with you and they love you.
0: So that's precious. It is very sweet. That's really sweet. But that is not my one Ricky thought. What is your one Ricky thought? (laughs) My one Ricky thought
1: is join in a song of jubilation. Join in a song of jubilation. (laughs) (laughs) And I will do my best to keep this G-rated because we're a family show. (laughs) We are a family show. But cats go to the litter box. (laughs) Yes, they do. And many cats, after they do number two, they tend to get the zoomies, which means they run around like a crazy cat around your house. They don't really know why cats do that. There's a lot of different ideas of why they do that. I think it's just because they have puphoria. <laughs> <laughs> they're just very they feel really good what they do I would like to just believe that they're just feeling really good. Because Ricky does this a lot. Um, when he's gone to the litter box, he's very excited and he dashes out of the litter box and runs into Every room in the apartment, howling and going crazy, jumping on furniture, <laughs> um, just to celebrate what he just accomplished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other morning, <laughs> I was asleep or trying to be asleep. It was around five o'clock. It was not time to get up. But I heard Ricky going to the litter box in the corner of my bedroom like he does every morning. I hear him in there. I'm like, okay, he's and he was in there a long time. So I figured he was doing number two (laughs) He finally gets out He runs At 100 miles an hour Out of my bedroom He goes (laughs) (laughs) And he runs into The living room And proceeds to sing About what he just created In the litter box (laughs) It was like this: a yo 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 yo, a yo 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 yo, a yo 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 yo. Waking up all my neighbors to tell them what he just did. I was laying there in the bed, just thinking how funny it was that <laughs> Ricky was so excited that he had to sing about it and tell it the whole world. <laughs> Isn't that kind of what a boy cat you would think would do? I I mean, (laughs) I bet girl cats do it too, but it does seem like something a boy cat would do.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that is my Ricky
0: thought. So let us move on to our one single question. Our one single question today is, what is a crazy hobby you've tried in the past? Heather, Uh, (laughs) what's your crazy hobby? I have tried many crazy hobbies. (laughs)
1: Uh, The pandemic was notorious for causing people to indulge in crazy hobbies. The one I got into was Duolingo, the language learning app. I decided to learn <laughs> Scottish Gaelic. I did it for about six months. <laughs> now, do I remember any of it? No. <laughs> I did learn how to say he's stealing underpants and I'm wearing a bonnet, but I will not try to say it because <laughs>
0: You're out of I, touch. Will offend, yeah. I will
1: offend someone who <laughs> Who might really know Scottish Gaelic. Scott Scalic and I don't want to thin them. <laughs> but yeah, that was one weird hobby. I'm never going to use it. But I figured, why not? There's nothing else to do. Might exactly. as well learn something fun.
0: What about you, Rose? My crazy hobby was raising butterflies. Butterflies. I had seen on a... Uh, before I got sick, I used to watch... And I still do watch a lot of family... YouTube channels and one of the families had gotten a butterfly habitat and ordered caterpillars. They homeschooled so their kids could watch how butterflies are created. How they tell caterpillars turn to butterflies. And I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And I decided well I want to do that even though I'm a grown adult. And I discovered that you could buy this kit on Amazon as well as mm-hmm. on the site insectlore.com which I'll link in the show notes that actually is the seller of it so I decided I was going to give it a try and what I ended up doing is it was right around the anniversary of my dad's passing so my dad passed away May 4th in 19 in 2013 and so I decided that I was going to raise butterflies sort of like in as a memory to him Mm -hmm. because you know caterpillars transform and change into a butterfly and it's basically you get to watch life happen so what you do is you get the caterpillars you watch the caterpillars eventually spin their cocoon and once they do you gently take them out of their cup you set them up in this netted habitat mm-hmm. and wait for the butterflies to emerge and then you feed butterflies sugar water in a sponge that they provide with a habitat or You can just slice up oranges and let them Hmm. eat off of those. And then you let them fly around in the habitat for, you know, four or five days so they can get their wings, get their sea wings or their sea (laughs) legs, their flying wings, before you release them out into the world. And I had so much fun doing it that I decided that I was going to raise butterflies from my dad's death date to my mom's. My mom died September 29th of Mm -hmm. 2000. And that's basically spring to fall, and that's mm-hmm. the perfect time in our area of the country, in Louisville, Kentucky, where the weather's the best to release butterflies. So I did that. I did that for probably three or four years until I got sick, and I loved it. People thought I was funny. I would talk to my butterflies, and often, well, you got five caterpillars. You didn't always get five butterflies, unfortunately, but mm. there were a few times I did get all 5 mm. And there was the one of the first times that I got butterflies. I think I had four in this batch that turned from caterpillar to butterfly. One day I came in from work and I only saw three. And I thought, oh no. Oh no. Did one of them like somehow escape the netted, mm-hmm. zipped up habitat? Well, then I realized that there were two on top of each other. Oh. And so, when I Googled that information, I discovered that that's how they mate. Oh. So, I called my habitat the Love Hotel for (laughs) Butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) So, be prepared, parents, if you decide to do it, that when you see a double butterfly, that's what they call it. That typically means that they are mating. I was really hoping that uh, I would release them before the butterfly started, like, having babies and then I would be like what do I do what do I do Mm. so it's really kind of cool because when you release them oftentimes they fly back on you because they you know it takes them a minute to acclimate to okay I'm now I've got to fly away and yeah then off they go well that's cool yeah it's a
1: cool hobby it is well that wraps up today's episode we are going to return on November 22nd with my interview of Rose. About her new book, Dancing in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So we will see you back on November 22nd.
0: Until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners.